Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is DJ Martin, church pastor at Parker Ford Church, and welcome to our ongoing collaborative Character of God midweek teaching series. We've been partnering with Daybreak Community Church, and throughout the series, you've heard from Pastor David Hakes from Daybreak. We've also been partnering with North Point Community Church, and you've heard uh, from Brandon and Shannon, who are both on staff and lead, help lead at uh, North Point. And we've been partnering together to walk through a series where we've been looking at different attributes and character traits of God. This series has been framed around two parts. Part one, where we've talked about who is God. We've looked at major character traits of God. And then the second part of the series has been based on those character traits. How does God act in the world? And we're coming close to the end of our series here. It's We've been in this for a long time now, several months, uh, going back to last year. And I uh, hope that it's been informative and helpful and uh, enjoyable and challenging uh, for you. It's certainly been uh, a good experience for me being on this side of things and, and just kind of digging into some of these character traits and refreshing uh, my thoughts on them. And so uh, thanks for joining us on the journey. Today, the action of God we're talking about is his renewing work. God renews. Last week, we talked about God reigning. God reigns eternally. He reigns forever. He is the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. Today, we're talking about his act, uh, his great act of renewal that he's doing. In Revelation 21, right towards the end of the scriptures, one of the uh, last chapters in the Bible, Jesus says, behold, I make all things new. What does it mean for God to make all things new? New Testament theologian Tom Wright, or N.T. Wright, as he's often uh, referred to, has often said that the resurrection of Jesus was God's first act of creation. So, God's first act of making all things new was the raising of his son, making his son's life new, bringing his son from the dead in, uh, back into life. We, may, we may not be able to fully see it, uh, how God is already making things new. Like the Apostle Paul says, now we see things in part, then we'll see, in the future we'll be able to see things fully. But God has actually already begun his grand plan of renewal. God's recreating work began. It started. It's already started. It began with the life, the example, the teaching, the death, the resurrection, and ascension of Jesus. We don't know specifically how and when God's work through Jesus will culminate in the recreation of all things, but we can be sure of Jesus's intentions to, in fact, make all things new, to redeem all things. Jesus said, Behold, I'm making all things new in Revelation 21, verse 5. God is renewing the world. In Surprised by Hope, talking about this idea, N.T. Wright says, let us remind ourselves of the starting point. So he's in his mind, he's going back to Genesis 1, Genesis 1 and 2. Let's remind ourselves of where the story started. The created order, which God has begun to redeem in the resurrection of Jesus. So there's that point that I, I referred to earlier under our big idea heading. God has already begun the, his redemption, his work of making all things new through the resurrection of Jesus. So N.T. Wright says, the created order which God has begun to redeem in the resurrection of Jesus is a world in which heaven and earth are designed not to be separated, but to come together. In that coming together, the very good that God spoke over creation at the beginning that's in Genesis 1. After each day, God says, it's good, it's good, it's good. And then the last day, he says, very good. 
So that very good, that God spoke over creation at the beginning will be enhanced, not abolished. One time uh, in a talk, uh, I heard um, Andy Crouch, author, thinker, uh, brilliant <laughs> writer and thinker, Andy Crouch. Um, he was talking about how many of us in the American church have uh, learned a gospel of Jesus that's uh, reductionistic or that eliminates the goodness of the gospel. We received a bad news to bad news gospel. Uh, many of us learned that way instead of a good news to good news, uh, a good news to good news gospel. And, and by that, what, what he was saying was functionally, it's as if Genesis 1 and 2, where God creates all things and calls it good, um, doesn't exist. And, and our, our version of the gospel starts with, with uh, the fall in Genesis 3. And functionally, we often talk about the gospel as if Revelation chapter 20, which includes like the lake of fire and, and uh, you know, enemies of God being destroyed, that that's the end of the Bible. And so functionally, we cut off the first two chapters of the Bible, Genesis 1 and 2, where God creates and says it's really good, it's very good. And we cut off the last two chapters of the Bible, Revelation 21 and 22, where Jesus says, behold, I make all things new. And it's the vision of the city of God coming down and God reigning. And there's no need for sun anymore because Jesus himself is the light and all the nations of the earth come to him. Functionally, many of us have a bad news to bad news gospel. And so it starts with the fall. You're a sinner and you're going to hell and there's no hope except for God uh, sent his son and his son died to save you. And because of that, you get a, a ticket out of hell and get to go to heaven. Um, but that, that's, a, that's a reductionistic version of the gospel. The gospel is actually bigger than that. Yes, the gospel speaks to our eternal destiny with God, that we're invited into eternal life through belief in Christ and through faith in him. But the full gospel includes Genesis 1 and 2, that God's, when he created the earth, his design of the world and humans, it was good. It was really good. And it was out of a heart of goodness. And the end of all things is not the lake of fire. The end of all things is God making all things new. The end of all things is God reigning and redeeming that which is broken, that which was good and then fallen. It's been redeemed in Jesus Christ forever, which is what N.T. Wright is saying in this. And this all has to do with God renewing or redeeming. He takes that which is broken, that which was originally good and has fallen and been broken. And he makes it very good once again through the blood of his son, through the life of his son, through the teaching of his son, through the way of Jesus. And so Wright says, uh, back to this quote, in that coming together of heaven and earth, the very good that God spoke over creation at the beginning will be enhanced and not abolished. This is uh, the context of Revelation 21, uh, where Jesus says, I'm making all things new. It's right towards the end of the Bible, one of the last things recorded. It says in verse 5 of Revelation 21, the one who's sitting on the throne, that's Jesus. He says, look, behold, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, write this down. He's talking to John, the apostle. Write this down for what I am. I tell you is trustworthy and true. Verse six. And he also said, it is finished. The same words he spoke on the cross uh, when he dies. 
he says it is finished and what he's resurrected is God's first act of renewal here once again he repeats those words it's finished I'm making all things new you can trust me it's finished it's done he says I'm the alpha and the omega those are the first and last letters in the Greek alphabet so I'm the a the z the beginning and the end to all who are thirsty I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. This is the life that flows out of the temple in Jerusalem and all who drink from, from it, like in John 4, when he's talking to the woman at the well, it bubbles up to eternal life within them. Verse seven, all who are victorious will inherit all these blessings and I will be their God and they will be my children. Miller to Erickson uh, in his uh, systematic theology his book, Christian Theology, he says, there's a definite goal toward which history is progressing. So history is moving in a direction. God is pulling history forward in a very specific direction. History then is not moved merely by chance happenings. It's not random, impersonal atoms, or blind fate. The force behind it is rather a loving God with whom we can have a personal relationship. We may look forward with assurance then toward the attainment the telos of the universe. Telos is just kind of a fancy theological word that means meaning or purpose or reason. And so what he's saying is we can look forward with assurance toward the attainment of the meaning of the universe, that, that the reasoning behind it, that the why, the why we exist, that God will bring it to fruition. And he says, and we may align our lives with the assured outcome of history. Today's teaching uh, is meant to be a teaching to stir hope in you. It's also meant to be a teaching to stir creative thought. How can you participate in God's renewing uh, of all things? So a few questions to leave us with as we wrap up this really brief teaching today. In what way has the new creation of God already begun? When you think about what N.T. Red says about the resurrection, can you affirm that? Do you agree with that? Do you see other ways that God has already begun to renew uh, creation? How do we participate in the renewing work of God? Or how, how do you and I participate in God's renewing work in the world? And finally, uh, can you give thanks to God? How can you give thanks to God for how he has renewed you? How has God renewed you and brought new life, new resurrection life through Christ in you? Thanks so much for joining us today. I hope you have a great day. Go with God. Be blessed.